All right, Adam, let's do a podcast. But before Ooh, we, yeah, that the, sounds good. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Before we do that, though, I got to tell you about Bojo's. There's only one place you can get a true Colorado Mountain. The only pie. place. The only place. Your favorite locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint. It's Bojo's. Hey, if you mention DNVR, you get a free honey cheese bread with the purchase of an entree. The entrees are good enough. Honey is underrated. Honey is underrated. As a food. And as a thing. It gets made by bees. Honey cheese bread, not something I would have ever thought to try. Honey, cheese, and bread together is a weird mix. But but it is good. But glad that I tried it. Also try the hipster. The hipster! The hipster pizza. I ain't no hipster, but girl, I can make your hipster. Oh, wow. R.I.P. Mac Miller. Um, (laughs) Six Colorado locations. Um, This offer is good at all locations, so check out Bojo's. If you're from Colorado, you already know about it. Just mention DNVR. Get that free bread. So welcome in, everybody, uh, to the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Of course, that's Brendan Vogt. I'm Adam Mades. And we now know there's no mystery. There's no um, angst. There's no dread. Uh, all of that is in the past. The trade deadline has come and passed, and the Denver Nuggets made some moves, but they were they were underwhelming, I would say, in ways perhaps both good and bad. So just to kind of recap, recap here what happened, <laughs> Brendan, Nuggets gave up Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez as well as Jared Vanderbilt. They received Keita Bates-Diop, Noah Vonley, and Jordan McRae, as well as a first-round pick. There was also Gerald Green and Shabazz Napier in there, but they're gone already. Um... So you basically swap two end of bench guys who are actually pretty good. We both believe they're pretty good prospects, but Denver probably likely to lose them anyway. For three end of bench guys, none of whom I think Denver are going to retain, other than Keita Bates Diop, who has one more year on his deal, but they get a first. Is it as simple as just they gave up guys that weren't going to play but got a first? It feels that way, right? I mean, if you want to look at it in a vacuum. It's kind of like a horizontal move. You just keep that asset train, asset train rolling insofar as you have this first now. So you take that decision of what do we do with Beasley Arfe off the table. You have an asset you can carry into the summer. Yeah. But I'm not sure. You sh- thought maybe as an asset you can ter- carry into Thursday's trade deadline and move it. But now you now- kind of have a little more time. And maybe and maybe that's good because the, maybe the play is, look, this core has obviously earned another shot together. Why not get to the playoffs, gather more data points, reevaluate in the summer which step comes next. Sure. But I'm not sure if it is that simple. And I think this is where it gets complicated because how do you kind of weigh like who Beasley and Wancho could have been and maybe should have been versus what they are now and what that gets. So now that we're two days away from when we recorded our emergency immediate reaction pod, and I think with immediate reaction podcasts, whether it's a game or whether it's, or whether it's something like this, I always feel like you maybe get 50 or 60% right. Like sure. always... You know, the more you learn, the more you research, the more you really sort of like evaluate your own opinions, the more accurate you can be. Do you feel differently about how this is all shaken than you did maybe two days ago? Yeah. Yeah. Two days ago, I was on the C minus, maybe D plus. Yeah. Is this Tyler Lydon level bad? Sure. Um, Absolutely not. Now is where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they hit a home run here, Adam. I don't even know if they knocked any runs in, but <laughs> I don't think they took a step backwards. They didn't shoot themselves right. in the foot. They didn't ground into a double play. Oh, there you go. Base, there you, you know? go. Oh, and, I love and, these baseball analogies. So from that sense, it's like, all right, man, they kept it. At the end of the day, how consequential is it if, yeah. if the playoff rotation is largely still intact? Yeah. I, I think I'm more or less the exact same way. I When I evaluate this deal, 
I really look at the last four years because the Nuggets got these guys four years ago, and it's what did you do from that point to now? And yeah. you know, you could say that you basically got two players that gave you two years. I mean, both guys on the bench largely. Wancho, I think, gave you three years, but really one, two of those years were half years. Right, right. Like, yeah. You know, like his years were cut in half. Um, Beasley, the last two years, was a very, very good player. I think it's difficult to evaluate this deal, like you said, in the vacuum of what could they get at this very moment. And more you look at it and go, Malik Beasley's a really good player. He's better than the 19th pick, which is what he was drafted. And you basically trade him for the 24th pick, so you basically move backwards. And I think that is frustrating, but I think you almost have to evaluate that separately than maybe this specific deadline. I think Denver probably would have been smart to move Beasley in the summer. Right. I think they would have got more value. I think they could have single-handedly got the value that they got now probably a little bit better over the summer, and they lost a little bit. But if you throw that out and just look at this, everybody coming back to full health, those guys were going to have a very minimal impact. I think it's unrealistic to think that Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez were going to be worth more than one win. Right. Maybe they would have given you one win. Right. But probably not worth one win if everybody's healthy on this Nuggets roster. And then in a playoff series, you know, I was the champion of Malik Beasley's going to win a team a playoff game, and I hope it's, it's Denver. And I still believe that, um, that that he could have been that guy, but I just don't think he was going to have a chance. I mean, he, right, that's he, the key. he wasn't one of Malone's 10 guys, right or wrong, and because of that, you move him and you get something out of it that maybe allows you to make a move this summer. Agree with all of that. And it's really easy for us to say in hindsight, hey, you should have traded him in the summer. You know, we don't know what deals were on the table. And and there's a lot of merit to, hey, let's wait it out to the deadline. This guy's an asset. Maybe the next disgruntled star comes along then and not now. So really easy to say they should have. Um, But I think you're right. I think where I'm at now is it's best to compartmentalize any sort of frustration or remorse about alternative timelines for those guys and how Denver handled what was on their plate now, the hand yeah. they had now. And I think in that sense, they did fine. Yeah, I, I, I think that's exactly where I'm at as well. They probably could have done better sooner, but but played their hand right at this moment. Now, we thought maybe there was a, a pursuit of Drew Holiday that I think we all thought would have been really interesting. In hindsight, it, it sounds like that was going to cost an enormous amount. It sounds yeah. like New Orleans... It, because they are comfortable in the position they are, they didn't feel they needed to make a reasonable request, you know, for for value. So that being said, though, you know, Denver still, I think, a second tier team. I mean, maybe not, but I still think a second tier team would would it have been worth mortgaging the future? What you would have had to have given up in that deal is almost certainly Gary Harris um, and a lot of draft capital. Probably their two of their own picks plus the one they acquired. In hindsight, do you think it would have been worth it for that? So does that make you a better team? Yes, categorically, especially with how Gary Harris has played, in my opinion. But a good enough team that it was worth shaking up the timeline, right? Shaking up when you're making certain decisions. Financially, that complicates things. And it so weighing that against, hey, what's the rush in letting these guys see what they can do? Their first 14 games actually did go well. I know some people think they should have won the series, but it was their debut. So why not give them another shot and then make that decision later, especially because it sounds like, wouldn't you know it, Bradley Beal might be available after all one day. Right. So, so is Drew Holiday the slam dunk deal? No. And so if those negotiations were at a place that we assume they might have been at, like, hey, we're interested, but it's going to take a lot, maybe Jamal or yeah, whatever, right. then Denver's like, all right, it's not worth it. 
I think, yeah. The other thing is, you never want to trade a guy at the absolute bottom of his trade value. Yeah. And I think Gary Harris is there right now. I mean, we both, we'll talk about him in a little bit, but this isn't, Gary Harris is better than this. Like, he's he's better than this. Right now, he's not. And he might be trapped in this in this sort of but situation. But we've literally seen it. But we've seen it better. Seen, yeah. And right now, he's he's basically an anchor on any deal. He's not a featured piece of a deal. It's like, oh, and by the way, here's a broken Gary Harris. Right. Um, who knows? Maybe the next couple months, he's able to snap out of him. And guys snap out of funks. I don't... His, I don't think, are, are physical. There might be some physical... You know, he might be banged up here or there. But I think he's missing shots because he's in his own head. I think he's missing right. layups right. because he's in his own head. And maybe you get a little bit of a reclamation project. And over the summer, to your point, there is a deal to be had that involves him where it's like, okay, a team is willing to take a, a flyer on a 25-year-old right. Gary who is a 40% three-point shooter for at least half of his career. Right. You want to, So why not wait that out? You know what I mean? I, yeah. think, I think because they made that first deal and there was subsequent confusion – there was a a false sense of urgency yeah. within the community, but they're, they're they're not really at that place yet. You can tell the people in town who only who only live to talk trash about the Nuggets. I'm talking right. about people, sure. media people who do this because there's a lot of people that are eager to say, "Oh, they didn't make a move," but I really want to know what that move was. If it was Drew Holiday, was the guy that got you a championship. You have to mortgage everything for it. Right. And maybe even then it wasn't possible. I mean, who knows? New Orleans sounds like it was pretty unreasonable. So for me, one of the things that made the Toronto Raptors successful in winning a championship was that they had a window that they held open for five or six years. And then when the right guy came, mm. they pounced. Denver, I do think that they probably could have gotten more assets out of Beasley and Wancho. So a little bit they misplayed that. But... They didn't at least do the disasterful thing where they just went all in and then it didn't work out and it's like, well, that was it. Minnesota's Jimmy Butler, right? Minnesota right now is resetting. They are resetting their rebuild right now right. along Carl Anthony Towns. And it's a reset that it, it, Carl Anthony Towns, same age as Jokic, he's five years into his career. And it's like, okay, you're out of the playoffs this year, but maybe next year you can be an eight seed. That's that's how far you fall. You can fall so fast in the NBA. If you're sure. Denver, you can't climb very fast. It takes forever to climb, but you can fall in an instant. In an instant. And Denver didn't do anything that put them in position to fall. And that's kind of how I look at the Drew Holiday deal. There's not really a comp in terms of people or players between Holiday and Butler, but would it have done that to the timeline? Would it have messed things up in that way? Yeah, maybe. I think I think I think certainly so. Um Let's take a quick break. When we come back, though, we're going to talk about the rest of the league, and then we're going to take some questions. we got a lot of good questions on uh, on Twitter and, and other places. Quick question for you, though. What is your favorite brewery in Denver? Oh, I would say that's Breck, Breck is Brewery. Is it Brewery? Man, we just went there. It was, it? it was incredible. Oh, yeah, you didn't get to go. Oh, my Rocky. God. Guys, do you want to be like me, or do you want to be like Vote? I have been to the Breck Brew uh, farm. <laughs> they call it the farmhouse. I've been like to the Breck Brew Farmhouse, and it is amazing. It's like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory for beer. <laughs> it's awesome. If you don't know where you can find, you don't have to go to the brewery to get Breck Brews. They're all over the city if you're not sure. But you should go if you can. You should, you should. If actually, you just, it's a, bar, a restaurant, too, so you can actually just go there for dinner on, like, a Friday. But if that seems like a lot of work just to get your hands on your favorite beer, um, check out the Breck Beer Locator. That's on their website. But honestly, just Google Breck Beer Locator. Pretty simple. They'll let you know where the nearest Breck is to you. Oh, yeah. People are always asking us that. Where can I find it? Yeah, the Breck Brew Locator. The just right, put yeah. it in. Put your zip code in, and it'll tell you the nearest distributor. Really easy. It's really 
simple. So no excuses to not have a Breck Brew in your hand. Um, we'll get to this in a bit, but I think a subscriber did ask us which Breck Brew does Jordan McRae remind us of? So I'll have to think long and hard on that. I don't know Jordan McRae well enough to, yeah. to really... Like, Maybe we'll get back like to it in a month on that. Yeah, yeah, it might take a little bit of seasoning. So I want to look around the league. The Wolves, I think, won this, this sort of <laughs> trade season. They, they kind of did, didn't they? They were in position, though, too. And the funny thing is we both don't think Minnesota's good, but they won. And sometimes there's a, there's a lesson in there. It's rare that the trade deadline brings you that piece that's like, oh, yeah, that great team just won it or whatever. It happens, but it's rare. Oftentimes it seems like Minnesota, who maybe sped up their rebuild or crawled out of a hole just a little bit, but they still have a long way to go. They now have Carl Anthony Towns. They got his best friend, D'Angelo Russell, which... I never know if getting your best friend mm. is like the priority over two guys who are absolutely garbage on the defensive end together. Well, when he had someone that challenged him to be better, it didn't work out. So maybe if he has someone that supports his complacency, oh, wow. it'll be fine. For real, though. Yeah. Like, honestly, there's something to that, I think. Um, they also get Malik Beasley and Juan Gomez, who we obviously like. I like those guys. They're going to be a lot of shooting around Towns. And I've, I've said this for a while. Carlos City Towns, he has no more excuses. I'm not saying he needs to go out and win a championship, but it would be nice if he won a game. A game is a good start. Over the course of like a two or three month period. So I, I think that they got better and that they're going to be a lot more spacing around towns and he should start to, to look a lot more dominant. Will they? Yeah, I mean, jury's out on a fit that, you know, was obviously just thrown together, but they got off of the Wiggins contract, which seemed to be impossible. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you feel how, about... No, no. Honestly, that alone makes it a win. That team That's was going saying, Nowhere. nowhere. And, Nowhere and with the, him. And, like, the stop, right, the thing they were hung up on was that. And they got off of him. So they can at least try a different look. Yeah. Reading these Wolves bloggers that I follow on Twitter, man, and looking at the projected depth chart, ESPN has Malik Beasley and Juan Hernan Gomez starting. Starting. Starting at the four. Because it's James amazing. Johnson, Keelan Martin, Nas Reed. So why not try the shooting? How are they going to do there, in your opinion? I don't know. <laughs> I really <laughs> don't know. Um... I mean, I don't think Towns elevates players down the line. I know he doesn't elevate players down the line the way Jokic does. But what does open road in front of them do? What does a longer leash? Hey, it's okay if you miss tonight. Yeah. You know? Oh, totally. And and that, I think for both of those guys, like, is Wancho a good shooter, yes or no? I think yes, of yes, course. Yes, right? So it has to be confidence. So what could be better than a change of scenery? I am curious to see Malik Beasley. Like, I'm, I'm so curious. Is he a 10-point-per-game scorer who plays 20 minutes a night? Is he a 33-minute-per-game guy that, play, that scores yeah. 15? So I, sometimes I wonder if his absolute ceiling scrapes the floor of that lower-tier, like, not star, but high-end rotation player. Like, Beasley's possibly a little better than we think. You know? Maybe. I'm curious, too. I, there's also the flip side of this, is which is we just saw Nikola Jokic just take Torrey Craig, Vladko Chanchar, and beat a 50-win team very good on point. the road with no rest. So I, I'm very curious to see what happens there. And, of course, I think we're both rooting for those guys. They were good dudes. What, one thing is I know it's like, oh, it's in the division. I hope this doesn't come back to haunt us. No, I'm with it. I'm, that's me, too. But sneaky fun part about it being the Wolves is that it doesn't have to be exclusive. Like, Beasley can play well, and they can still lose all their games. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, it is. What about Wancho? How yeah. do you think he'll do there? He's the, he's, do I'm they have intrigued. him as a power forward? They do. So okay. I'm more intrigued because I believe Beasley, however good he is up for discussion, I believe Beasley can be a starter on a bad basketball team in the NBA. Almost no doubt in my mind. Can you imagine Beasley and Wancho playing the three and the four 
small around towns and it just destroying Michael Malone's Nuggets <laughs> lineup that he refused to can, ever try around Jokic. Can I imagine? Part it? of me sure. actually roots for it. Sure, <laughs> I almost want to see I it. Out choose of, not to out imagine. Of spite. It. But yeah, I mean, Wancho's the guy I'm, I'm most interested in. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what's contributing. What at this point, what contributes to his success or not? So confidence, longer leash, maybe he finds some rhythm. What about the Warriors? I mean, that what a weird decision. I, I feel like there's something we don't know. Yes, feels that way, right? I mean, like, why on earth would they say, okay, we've got an in-his-prime Steph Curry, we've got an in-his-prime Klay Thompson, Draymond Green's almost long in the tooth, so we need to be careful. Let's give him Andrew Wiggins. That's the piece. We already tried Harrison Barnes, so let's Let's try the worst down. version of that. Yeah, more expensive. So my first thought when the, the Warriors do anything right now is how does this impact potential Giannis, mm. right, implications? Do you have an answer to that based off this Wiggins the only thing I could think is that maybe there's like, yeah, like a, a Wiggins becomes like a salary match or something like that. Right. But I mean, if you're Milwaukee, I mean, if, if you were Denver and Jokic was going to leave and it was like, well, we can trade him for Wiggins or we can just let him go. You'd Cry probably, myself to sleep. Oh, but you'd probably just say, oh, we'll let him go. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. just not have the enormous contract for a mediocre player. Right. So I, maybe I, some draft capital, I guess you would get out of it. So yeah, like two, three first round draft picks plus Wiggins. So was this, was this Golden State like doubling down on hey these three are enough well i love it well i love that we are just like assuming there's no way they brought wiggins in for basketball reasons which i don't know maybe they did i mean look maybe. wiggins was a number one overall pick a number one pick maybe he shouldn't have been but nonetheless he had some upside to him at one point it's just never materialized i don't know it's a weird move <clears throat> hey one thing is clear whoever's fault it is we're not in the locker room near the organization Minnesota, that organization is not fostering a sense of of hope and, oh, and success, yeah. and you can be the best version of yourself, and you should want to get in the gym and keep working because they're not right. this close from anything. Right? Maybe and, there is something to that. Right? If and, you're Andrew Wiggins and you're in Golden State now, you you can you have a chance to rewrite your entire career. Well, this is what I love really about all the people out that co- cover the Nuggets begrudgingly because they have to <laughs> because. <laughs> <laughs> in between Broncos coverages, they, they have to, is that, you know, the Nuggets used to be the Timberwolves. They used to be the team that was constantly doing this, just tripping over their own feet, never making a plan that went more than a year out, and everybody hated being here. It was like, oh, you got traded to Denver, you're done with. Um, Denver, over the last, like, really 15 years, has really changed that, and now culminating, I think, with this iteration of the Josh Kroenke, uh, Michael Malone, Nikola Jokic, Tim Conley Nuggets, they, it's the opposite of that. I mean, if, if you're not covering the team closely, you don't see it, but it is the opposite of that. Guys were, were sad when they were... Tra- Malik Beasley, as much as he wanted a bigger role, Wancho wanted a bigger role, it was reported, I believe, in the Denver Post that they went to management before the trade deadline and said, hey, man, this is the, the time. Deal, it's right? the time. Yeah. We need out. And management obliged. But when they got traded, you saw, yep. they were both emotional. They didn't want to leave Denver. What they wanted was to be a bigger part on Denver. Yeah, yeah. They wanted in the club. It's just the club was full. Right. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it, and I, that's how I look at Beasley. Like any, I know some people have put out, and in the, the early season, maybe the body language stuff was rough, but I think it was all like internal frustration. I would like to play because right. I'm a hooper, but I don't think either of those guys are gonna go and tell the Minnesota media some some dirty dark secrets about their time in Denver. Right? You know? yeah. they, they, I think they were content, and ultimately, you know, under talked detail in, in the trade discussions. You know, without shooting themselves in the foot, Denver maybe did right by some guys, which they've been telling, they've been selling that pitch, and you do have to walk that walk if you commit to that approach. That is true. Denver won the trade deadline in this one aspect. 
Clint Capella went east. Mm. Andre Iguodala went east. Those those things alone, this could have been a disaster. A couple ways this could have been a disaster for Denver. One is if they gave up too many assets for a guy. I mean, if they would have traded the moon for Drew Holiday, I would have been very nervous. Zach Levine. Zach Levine or something. I would have been very, very nervous. Um, But instead, uh, the other way that it could have really gone disasterful for it is the Lakers acquiring a bunch of players on Mm. great deals because their feet were held to the fire and... Oh, it turns out Memphis has to do this stupid deal that that ruins right. everything. Man, shout out Memphis. Shout out Memphis. And that didn't happen. Iguodala going to the the Heat, I think, makes the Heat very interesting. But it's also like sweet. Don't have to worry about that unless you're in the finals. Yep. And then like Which whatever. Is a good problem. Yeah, to have. great problem to have. Absolutely. And then Clint Capella is just not even on a contender. The Houston Rockets made themselves a team. Who knows? They made themselves a science experiment that none of us can really predict. Really well put. Yeah. D'Antoni just leaning all the way into his mad scientist thing, right? But no, you and I, I think, have been over, you know, jumped on this from the jump. Like, I don't think Denver made this trade because it sends Clint Capella out. But I think in the event that they got the call and said, hey, we need a third team. Are you still looking to try to get Beasley and Wancho for something for those two guys? You look at that deal, and it also includes Clint Capella leaving Houston. Oh, I think it was a huge motivation. I think that was a huge factor. They absolutely noticed that detail. It wasn't just a byproduct of the trade. That's that's probably the biggest incentive in Denver's involvement, more so than the pick. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, Denver. Look, we're we're recording this on a Thursday on the heels of one of the most inspired performances we've ever seen from this Nuggets team. So true. And it's it's funny that you look at teams like Houston today. They just they look smaller. Literally, but also like figuratively, they they look smaller <laughs> and more feeble than they did a week ago. You look yeah. at the Lakers, still phenomenal, but not they didn't. Stronger. But they didn't. They're not stronger. They didn't retool in this. Like, oh my god, seriously, you got all those dudes. The Clippers. I think everyone might be overreacting to Marcus Morris a little bit, shooting well. But I don't know if you're like, all right, it's a. Well, what's funny about that move is that was a move specifically designed for one team in mind, or two teams. You could even say Houston, but that, that was designed for the Lakers. Yeah. And what I love is that's great. If it works out that the Lakers and Clippers have to go and at each other, go and it's seven. just and it's anybody's battle, especially if the Clippers come out victorious, I just think the, the Clippers didn't get bodies to really bother Jokic. I mean, there's only a handful of guys that do, but they didn't. They weren't able to get any of those. And I don't know. I just it's it, it's our horse against theirs at that point. Right. No, you it's know? true. I don't. That's a really good point. I didn't think about the Igwood. I was so fixated on the Capella part, but. You're right. None of the the only the Clippers really debatably got considerably better. Yeah. Houston is wait and see. There's a chance that this thing just works, right? That they right. did find the formula. But I think everyone in Denver is feeling like, all right, give me that series. Yeah. Um. Hey, you know about alcohol, right? I occasionally. I not too often. Not as well as as you do. Well, if you do know about alcohol, you should know about Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I do know about them. They have two locations, one in Centennial, one in Highlands Ranch. These guys are locally owned. They have a massive selection. They carry my personal favorite Breck brews. They also offer delivery to your door. So download the app today for incredible deals. Sign up for the loyalty program. If you're really, really lazy, you can get that booze delivered. Sounds like heaven. People, you know what's funny about this and us picking these, these companies? This is, we are in the era of like economic viability coming down to like consumer support, and so like if you really do love Davidsons and you go there and love their subscription, do sign up, become a member for them. If you right. love DNVR, support their partners, sign up. For it's them. true. It's really funny. A lot of people, I think, 10, 15, 20 years ago, everything was just passive. It was all convenience. Nowadays, I do think it's an equalizer. You yeah. like something, support it. Support it, or might not be not there forever. Be around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, Davidsons beer, wine, and spirits. Get the app. Um. 
Let's play. Let's go to some questions. But first, cool. I, I want to ask the first one. Oh man, what are the chances? So Denver acquired Houston's first round pick this year. Houston right now sits on a razor's edge at I think fourth in the Western Conference, but they are right there jumbled up with a bunch of teams. And if you extend it all the way throughout the league, there's a bunch of teams that have the same record sort of as Houston, like right in that same group, Miami, Utah, Indiana, Philadelphia, Oklahoma City, and Dallas. What are the odds that they fall all the way to the bottom of that pile and that pick becomes the 17th pick? Um, It is certainly on the table. You know how I feel about odds, as in I, I'm bad at them, but... Uh... <laughs> I mean, look, is is there not a, a timeline here in which this is a complete disaster for Houston? Oh, of course. You could def, you could really argue you need a center. This is a little bit like you're playing poker and the flop comes out and it's like you didn't make your hand. You had a great starting hand, but you didn't make it. And you're like, you know what? I'm going all in. All it's in. like, hold on. Well, you still have right. that ace king, but like, the flop is, didn't really help you any. Does Jeff have a good hand or is he just determined? Yeah, he's, he's just determined. He's just stubborn maybe. That's where I think Houston is right now. So there is a real chance that it's like, oh, turns out having a center is important. Rebounding is important. And teams like will just... And, you know, there's also the... James Harden's really good. He rolls an ankle, misses two weeks. Now you put a lot of stress on everybody else. And and it all falls apart. So I do think that with them, there's a risk. Now, I'm not predicting. I think Houston will be more or less the exact team that they were. More vulnerable in the playoff series, in my opinion. But they're, they're so jumbled up. They right now have 18 losses. There is three team, two teams with 18 losses, four teams with 20 losses. They're only two games up of falling all the way down to the 17th best record. And I don't know. There's at least a chance. If that happens for Denver, I guess what's fun this year is you get to root for a lot of things, and that's one of them. You get to root for Houston to lose every game they're in. I also think Robert Covington, this year's recipient of the Andre Iguodala Award, like he is a guy that would help teams. But the extent to which he helps teams, I think, has been wildly oversold. And this is sort of the situation Denver found themselves in, I think, in my opinion, with Drew Holiday. Like, he's really good. But because he was sort of like the bell of the ball, right. everybody had to go so so aggressive if they wanted to try to pry him away. And you never want to be in that position. In that position to always trying to be bidding top dollar. So I agree. Um, it's on the table, man. It's, it's on, on the, the table. table. Um, all right. Subscriber questions. WP Nugs, what are the consequences? This is from the fifth a few days ago. If the if Connolly cannot make another deal to build on this. So he didn't. So he did not. Does this Well, he did, Jordan McRae. Um, does this set them back? Do they start looking for a new PBO? We'll start yeah. with the last one. The last one, no. no. I mean, are you kidding? We just watched a team with seven players go into Utah and win. He has built a roster that features Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, and Nikola Jokic. Like, there is a long leash on Tim Conley. You, you can't fire anyone right now. Yeah, like, in of the organization, course. Right, yeah. Leave the ball boys there, you know? <laughs> um, first part, so does, that part's crazy. Does this set them back significantly? I think that's an easy no because the word significantly is in there. Does it set them back? I mean, is it, is it a mismanagement of assets? Like, I think there are some margins to debate in here. I don't. I honestly don't even think it sets them back. Like, I you know, I have this this like fantasy of Malone playing Beasley and Wancho all these minutes. They have like a an offensive death lineup that they deploy, but they just didn't. They never did. Right. They had four years to try it out. They never did. Right. So what did they lose? A, a lineup that makes sense in my head that we've never actually seen. So to me, they just gained a first. They rolled it back. Keep moving. Uh, Jacob Rogerio wants to know Rogerio or whatever. Uh, shout out to Jacob. My question is simple. The Wolves ended up with all of Denver's assets. All is a stretch, but I see your point. <laughs> wouldn't it have been? Wouldn't they got have... Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> they, they, oh, oh my God! I didn't realize. Wait, they got did they him. get Gary? Cause... They got Monte. <laughs> wouldn't it have been better for Denver to have done this trade for Covington rather than being involved? So I've seen Jacob sending tweets, and his perspective on this is he thinks Houston got better. 
And I think the answer to this oh, God, question, yeah. question hmm. is contingent upon your perspective there. If you think Houston got better, then no, they shouldn't have done it. Jokic is not – he is going to score every time on that lineup. That's how I feel. And, like, look, guys are going to make a lot of three. He's going to be – Jokic's going to be in pick and rolls, and that's going to be tough on him. But guys will make or miss shots, and Houston has a real history of missing a lot of shots in key moments. Jokic is not going to miss against those dudes. Chill Deucey wants to know, it's time is uh, it's time to embrace Torrey Craig as a key member of the team moving forward, right? I Feel, love it. Feels like the trade of Beasley kind of drilled home how they view Craig as more important to the team. I love it. Well, first of all, he can be a free agent this summer, so um, <laughs> core, I guess, for at least the next two months. But I will say this. The Nuggets, to me, have a very clear rotation now. That's one thing that comes out of this. You're going to start Jamal Murray. <laughs> at the time, there's only one position that's confusing. That's Gary Harris. But right now, you're going to go with Murray, Harris, Barton. Millsap and Jokic, and off the bench you're going to have Grant, you're going to have Michael Porter Jr., Monte Morris, and Torrey Craig. To me, that's it. Right. Mason Plumley, situationally, in the regular season, he is the 10th the guy in the playoffs. I, my hunch is that he will not be. But Torrey Craig becomes an important part of that. And you know what? I've always said this. Number one, I like Torrey Craig at the two. I just like him against guards way more than I like him against bigger players. And then also, I like him as a spacer when he's at the two. Because you can run with either Jamal or Monte. You can run with either Barton or Michael Porter Jr., either Millsap or Grant, and then Jokic. If Plumlee's out of the equation, like I think he was maybe in the regular season, he won't be. I just think that you have a lot of lineups that make sense for Torrey Craig. We know he's fantastic defensively. When he has confidence, he knocks down his shots. You just don't want it to come down to he has to hit the shots or he's killing you. I think in a lot of the lineups Denver's going to have now, it's more about if he makes his shots, he's a boost. Not if he misses them, he kills you. Well said. Um, this is not a question, but it's a statement that I like. Um, Bob Bagwell is more curious to see if MPJ will get closing minutes. The lineup he wants to see is Murray, Barton, MPJ, Grant, and Jokic. Length and shooting seems to be unstoppable. Adam, would you like the floor? I know you like that lineup as well. I actually like the Millsap lineup better. Mm. And it's funny because I like the way the team plays with Grant better. I think it looks better. But the numbers just show that Millsap and Jokic together, the defensive floor for them is really really high yeah i agree um so i like it but i like both honestly i like both to me that is the lineup gary harris is struggling let's not um pretend he's not i love his defense there's certain teams he's going to be great against but you slide barton and mpj alongside murray and Jokic. my goodness i'm actually to be honest with you i'm really excited for this final stretch because we haven't seen that we haven't seen that lineup in in like you know, like real minutes. Because before Murray went down, those minutes were here or there. Yeah, no, I know. That's We have not seen Murray MPJ Jokic, man. I mean, that's, that's whole crazy. Lot, yeah. um, you hit on this really briefly in the beginning. Flush it out a tiny bit. Cade Walker wants to know, do the Nuggets try to retain either of McCray or Vonley? Um, is KBD a piece to keep or deal during the summer? I, I think they're all very extremely expendable. Sure. Um, <clears throat> You know, you do wonder about those guys coming into Denver's culture, although Vonley's had some, I mean, he's been on Portland, who's a very good culture, you know, like he, so he's been around. I just don't think any of those guys, they're not young, and they're not, um, they're not like high upside or even like high leverage role players. I think they're all good dudes. They're all guys that if there was foul trouble or injury trouble, and you had to throw one of them out there, you would be like, okay, that's, that's a piece, you know, like, we'll see what he can give us. But um, I just don't think they're like a part of the future in any, any means. CT Fazio. Do I don't. I don't think they play either. When everybody's healthy, I just don't I think know. any of them That's are on the, the court. Thing. Yeah, these are. I think these guys are all like loose proxies, right? For Beasley, Wancho, guys that were out of the rotation, as it yeah. were. Yeah. Uh, CT Fazio, do you think Malone starts to play more versatile lineups going forward? Grant at the five worked with all the injuries. <sighs> I think 
I'm hopeful that in the playoffs that will be the case because to me that's what you do in the playoffs. You, you're going to become a little bit smaller. In the regular season, you don't want Jeremy Grant playing a ton of minutes at the five or Paul Millsap. You want to get through the season healthy. But I do think that there is something to Malone going a little bit smaller, a little bit more often. Um, so that's a really, really good question. The problem, the hard part is, and I guess depending on what your plans in the offseason are for, uh, I think with Grant being retained, but I think that's almost a certainty. Sure. But with Millsap and Plumley, Plumley yeah. you know, you wonder, you never want to, it's not that, you never want to piss a guy off, but you wouldn't care if Plumley was disgruntled with not playing because it's, you're almost done with your relationship with him. So, um, I would hope so. I think the right answer is to start reducing it and then completely eliminate it by the playoffs, but who knows what Malone will do. Who out of the four players Denver required will be a part of the regular season rotation? Whose minutes would they take? I don't think anyone. I think Jordan McRae is most likely to in that sort of Beasley-type role. Hey, is there an injury or this isn't working? Maybe we want to try to find some shooting off the bench. But again, if these guys are healthy, they just are not rotation pieces. I think all three of them fall in the exact same category for me, and they're different. So one's a guard, one's a wing, one's a, one's a big. I think Vonley can be useful now that Plumley is out, but Plumley should be returning in the next couple of weeks after the All-Star break. So maybe Vonley has a very limited role here over the next couple of games, and that's it. Nuggets guy wants to know how many points Beasley will score on the Nuggets on February. I love this question. February. You, you, you start this one. Uh, I think he's going to go for it. <laughs> and yeah, I do too. So I think if the over-under, I'm going to set the over-under at, at, at 15, 15 and a half, what would you take? I would I would, I would, would take the over. But like you said, I unless they get a lot better, I could just see Denver rolling. You right, know I right. Mean? I mean, right. who knows, regular season game or right. whatever. But, um, you know, Denver takes those games seriously too. And then, you know, there is a little student versus master. Mm. And as much as Beasley will be going at him offensively, Gary will be go- Gary and Tori will be going at him defensively. Oh, they, they might lock him up. <laughs> It'll be fun. Um, is there any world in which Tori, the same guy, Nuggets guy, is there any world in which Tori Craig surpasses Gary Harris in the rotation? Yeah, I think we've learned from Michael Malone that in the playoffs, he's willing to do what's best for the team, regardless of how painful it is. And look, Gary Harris had an 0 for 13 night last night. Um He's and it sort of felt like the culmination of a lot of things that were headed in that direction. I do think Malone is going to give him a long leash and give him a big opportunity. I think the team is behind him. The team wants him to succeed. But there will be a point that I think Mike Malone just says, hey, man, why don't you get in the lab and work on your game? We're going to move on with other guys. And that might not be a bad thing, quite frankly. I, I have a lot more confidence right now in Craig and Barton than I do in, in Gary. I have a lot more confidence in P.J. Dozier Oof. right now than I do in Gary. Tough times. The garrison. Not a lot of business at the garrison right now. The lights are off. Um, <clears throat> okay, so we just said we felt differently about the trade. Uh, Hochi the earless wants to know, is that because of the McRae move, or was that just <laughs> slept on it in time? The McRae move makes absolutely no difference yeah, to me. So, yeah, yeah. yeah this, is, this is more just with like stepping back a little bit. I mean, when yeah. the trade happens... You, you are just a little more nervous because you know that Beasley's a player. So it sucks to lose a player for a 24th pick that's almost certainly not a player or, or a trade asset. But uh, oops, sorry. you put a little more perspective on it, you know, at the moment at least, I think it's fine. All right, we're wrapping up. Levi Hunt, rank some dream summer targets. Beal's been talked about, of course, but what about an all-in on Ben Simmons if the 76ers flame out? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm encouraged by Jamal Murray's play the, the, these last two games. I know it's a two-game sample size. But we've always said that Murray has that talent. We just hate the way he applies it. And it really, to me, it really did feel like Murray viewed himself as 
number 1B to Jokic's 1A, and it's just not that. But he played this last game. It's funny, he scored 31 points, which is like one of his highs of the season. He scored 31 points, but I felt like he let the game come to him, and he just, and they did play through Jokic. And if you get that version of Jamal Murray, I'm not sure you need the trade. Um, Bradley Beal would be a huge piece of it. If you could... If you felt really good about the roster you had and you could somehow hold on to the big three while bringing him in, of course you would try to go for it. But at the moment, um, Bradley Beal is a little bit even ahead of Drew Holiday for me. And just like, yeah, he makes you a little bit better, but I don't know that he gets you over the hump. I don't know. Maybe he does. Bradley Beal is really freaking good. To me, he's good enough that if that's available, you do it. But I don't... If if But you think it would cost Jamal Murray. If I'm Washington, right, that's my line in the sand. I can't imagine why Washington would want Gary Harris... I don't even know what other you know, pieces you're throwing out there in that point. But if you give me Jamal, now there's two picks. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm 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 getting there. You, you tossing tossing bowl bowl. It's probably no brain. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know. You you see what I'm getting at? Um, let's wrap it up with Matt Roberts' question. Not really trade deadline related, but how much longer do you think Paul Millsap will be out? Will he play again this season? So oh yeah, yeah, he for will. Sure. I think, he's already working out. Yeah, I think Millsap's been in this stage for a little bit of like could go if he needed to. Are you is conspiracy, Brendan? Here, yeah. Is no. he is, he, is this is, is like, Paul Millsap even hurt? This is realist, Brendan. <laughs> this is realist, Brendan. He was banged up. It was lingering, man. It was lingering. lingering. And they said like, it's why we have Jeremy Grant? We want to see how he looks anyway. Like, he looks why? really good. They're and winning. It's like at the time it was January. April matters, you know. Millsap could go tomorrow if he needed to. I think so, if it was playoffs. And look, they also, I think there's a certain level of the all-star break zone was here. That's a right. natural bringing yep. back point. Yep. Um, I think we talked about it this summer. We thought that this was Millsap entering his Andre Guadalla phase. Uh. This is a 100% total maintenance. I mean, look, I think he's really hurt, too. Like some, of course. Some, of course. Something, he, that, something that's, is, that's of held course, him out. Of course, of course. But just this idea of, like, do you need to rest, race back? No, why don't we? Why don't we make an? What did Malone call it? A hundred and ten game plan, not an eighty-two game plan. Well said. All right, I'm out, boss. I'm out. Is that enough for you? That's enough. All right. Um, before we get out of here, I can't wait for Saturday's game. The watch oh, we party. We should plug stuff. Yeah. The watch party at Illegal Pete's. You're gonna be there. You need to RSVP though. Limited seating. RSVP and also get there early. Even if you RSVP, I don't know if I can guarantee you a seat. So make sure you get down there with plenty of time. Illegal Pete's on Colfax. All right, Adam. Tonight, when you go home, when you see your family, when you kiss your daughters goodnight, brush your teeth. Do not forget to take Always them. do. It's really important. Always brush my teeth. Believe it or not, some people do not. I've become a very good teeth, bro- teeth you? brusher. I wasn't growing up. Twice a day, two minutes each time? Twi- oh, I, yeah, I've got the Sonicare. That t- it, it, mm. Yeah, it's very, very good. Floss. I'm a, I'm a twice a day flosser as well. Well, I'm glad you brought up the Sonicare because I have to tell everyone about our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group. They're in Lakewood. It's a family-owned dentist. I used to hate the dentist. I like it now. Yeah, hey, they're family-owned like we are, too. So they're family to us. Extreme Colorado sports fans. So these are our people. But I'm telling you now because if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Can you imagine your dentist having terrible sports takes, but you know how your mouth's open so oh, you can't talk dentist. back? So it's just like he's, I just, the I just don't think Jokic has... Yeah, you're just like, oh. I, all right, you know what? That's enough. I know. <laughs> So you're That's still... not how they are, though. <laughs> they're DMVR subscribers, so they are good sports takers. No, they're, they're smart people. They're, it's a family-owned business. And, hey, free Sonicare toothbrush. So schedule that clean X-ray and examine. Get yours today.